And I think when we when we create such an environment of safety for our families, we deny ourselves the goodness and the sovereignty of God in our lives. I think we deny ourselves the opportunity to get to, to be near Him in the hard and in the unsafe and in all of those things. And I think mm-hmm. we just really rob ourselves of what God is doing in our place because we're so afraid. You're listening to the Upside Down Podcast. A place for unscripted conversations on life and faith. Join us as we discuss what it looks like when Jesus turns our lives upside down. Welcome to episode two of the Upside Down Podcast. This is Lindsay, and this week we're going to be talking about safety and fear. But before we dive into that, I would love to hear, ladies, how was your week? (laughs) Not everyone at once. (laughs) Christy, how was your week? <laughs> My week was good. Well, it was good. It was a bizarre week for me. We, a few weeks ago, had a team from HGTV and Honeywell in to film a commercial in our house, which is not the norm. Mm-hmm. And that commercial <laughs> came out this, well, this in this last week. And so for the last week or so, I've been getting texts and messages from people saying, hey, I was at the gym and I just saw you on TV or... One was in the middle of the night. A girl was, I guess, up working late. And she said, oh, you were just on HGTV at 1.30 a.m. So um, <laughs> a little bit out of the ordinary, but it's been, you know, yeah. it's been a good week. Well, you say it's out of the ordinary, but you are also kind of famous in the film world. Well, I was an extra <laughs> in one movie. <laughs> Which also came out this week. It did come out this week. Like, I was like, I'm probably never going to be on TV again. And they both happened in the same week. So I was an extra in the movie Masterminds that came out, I guess, the very end of September. And it's with Kristen Wiig and Owen Wilson and Zach Galifianakis and Jason Sudeikis and a bunch of other hilarious people. Okay, we so, get it, yeah. Christy. All, all the people. <laughs> Name dropper. <laughs> I'm wearing That's a teal cool. shirt and a white visor and plaid pants in an airport scene. So you can look for me if you go see it. Awesome. Kayla, what about you? How was your week? You know, my week was good. It's full of diaper changes and feeding children and babies. I feel like that's just like on rotate. But I've tried to be intentional about kind of getting out of the house. And so I started a a book club and we're doing Shannon Martin's new book, Falling Free, based on a lot of your suggestions. So I'm really excited to dig in and to dig in reading it with women of different ages and different churches nice. and different stages of life. So excited to see, see how that goes. Very cool. That's great. Did y'all have we your did. first meeting this week? We did. And it was, it was fun and w- it was good because I think you guys know when a bunch of women get together, not all the time, but sometimes we have a tendency to go long. <laughs> That's the, you know, the first episode being an hour long, <laughs> but we've been really intentional about, we're just trying to do it for an hour and to, you know, stay if you can, but that hour is really going to be when we um, discuss the book. So yeah, mm-hmm. we, we met on Tuesday night and it's awesome. Cool. Cool. I don't really think that I have anything spectacular or even remotely interesting um, that happened this week, but it your was life is interesting, fine. Shannon. You yeah, have you have I little mean, children in your life. I'm sure they're keeping you <laughs> occupied. Yeah, I resonate with the diaper changing and the feeding and all of that stuff. Other than that, not not a whole lot. Oh, we did go to a 
apple cider pressing at a farm um, last weekend. So that was kind of like the highlight. That was pretty cool. It was like an old, old timey machine that you crank and it takes like mm. more muscle than I have to offer, but it's really fun. That sounds like a that's thing cool. that you do. Like that's a thing that you do in Iowa. Right. It totally is. You totally do that in North Carolina also. Mm. Do you? Yes. But without the hearty Midwestern oomph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Us Iowa oh, girls, we got that oomph. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a very interesting week. And I'm just going to just tell you on now, just because I'm honest. But last Thursday, I stood in the kitchen. And it was one of those days where I had this thought of, I've, I've like slayed the whole week. Like I got everything done had a great attitude. The kids were pretty happy. The house was relatively clean. I was killing it. And then on Saturday, I don't know what happened, but it kind of started on Friday. And I I had like an emotional moment that then rolled over into Saturday and I had a full on breakdown. So this whole week has been like, like nothing bad has happened. It's just, I'm just tired, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. like it was just this culmination of I need counseling, which Mm -hmm. I know that's a a heavy thing to lay on here, but it's just the fact of the matter. I need a safe place to just talk and I'm not, I'm not depressed, nothing like that. I just, I just need to vent someplace. Mm -hmm. And it was just, just realization all week. And I think Monday when I just agreed, okay, this is what I need. It's been like steadily getting better. You know, Mm -hmm. I think you, you get to this place of, well, this is what I need. And so when you decide that you're going to set your Mm -hmm. mind on that and do that thing, I guess like this is the heaviest weight off. Yeah. So, yeah. I really enjoyed your post where you were kind of on your blog where you were sharing about that. And I appreciated your honesty there and here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks. Lindsay, so, what about you? Yeah. So our week has been a little crazy because of this little storm called Hurricane Matthew. <laughs> and we ended up evacuating. We weren't told to evacuate but we chose to our kids kind of had a rough week last week and they just needed to feel safe and so we are actually I'm at another Airbnb this week um, (laughs) in Sarasota which for those of you who aren't good at your Florida geography is on the west side of Florida so we're just uh, hanging out here for a couple of days and planning on going home tomorrow and just seeing what it's like after Matthew so yeah that's kind of been our week's been a little, little crazy and abnormal. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to transition after talking about a hurricane. <laughs> wow, okay. we have nothing left to say. <laughs> you win. You win. No, that's that's rough. It does. But, I would say this. Ironic. It's a bit ironic that we're talking about safety, right? Fear, mm-hmm. because I think like the Lord just has this gentle, albeit kind of smacking me in the face way of humbling me you know yeah Uh, yeah right and just the idea of like we live in an at-risk neighborhood that most people don't think is safe but yet we just fled a hurricane and had the privilege and ability you know to do that and so yeah this is an interesting week like preparing for this conversation and then making decisions that I know my neighbors necessarily can't make to stay safe you know Right. Mm-hmm. right. Lindsay, so, I'm, just, yeah. I'm excited to hear what God has put on your heart. I've been thinking about this all week and thinking about you and how you have had this kind of unique situation with the hurricane. And yeah, I'm excited to to dig into this in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
So thank you everybody who tuned in to yes. the first episode that we Yay. were blown away. <laughs> Super exciting. Yes. Yeah. More than 450 plays you guys in the first week. Like, wow. I don't know about you, Yay. but I was not expecting that. That's so exciting. That's, 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 that's more amazing. than our moms for sure. <laughs> right. Yes. More than our moms. Our moms and our husbands combined. Yes. Yeah. We topped it. We talked about our expectations. Yeah. So we had some comments that were really fun to get. That was the best part was was hearing feedback from people mm-hmm. who um, were really excited about what we were doing and really interested in the conversations we are hoping to have here in the space. We have one <laughs> one lone comment on iTunes. It probably could use some company, and I cannot pronounce the no, name. No, I figured it out. I figured out her name. What is it? What is it's, it? Well, if you look, it's RyPie, R-Y-P-I-E, and then it's the keyboard, like A-S-D-F-D-H, mm, right. yes. all the way across that line, oh. and then QWERTY. So RyPie, wow. we are on to you. All right, right, right. <laughs> and we love you. Well, thank, thank, thank you, you for commenting. You iTunes commenter. She said, these are real, raw Christian women sharing their lives. I cried the first episode hearing an adoption story. I'm so excited for more. So and that sweet. made us feel so happy. Do yeah. you guys have any other ones that you have stumbled upon this week? Yeah, I have one from a friend on Instagram, Michelle Diaz, who said, absolutely loved the first podcast. I'm seriously so psyched to hear more. Love all the different ladies and what each of you bring. Would love to hear more about intentional neighboring, community, and race. Keep it up, chicas. So those are topics that are in the future, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So great. I also have one of my favorites came from Instagram, Alyssa Molina. And she said, listen to the podcast today. So, so good and brave and hopeful. Oh, and the ecumenical aspect of it is dope. Which I love that. I just love that she said dope. That's perfect. If you leave a comment. After ecumenical. Right. She's my Catholic girl. (laughs) Ecumenical and dope. You're pretty much going to ensure that it will be read. (laughs) (laughs) And I have one from my friend, Janan. She commented on Facebook. Love the podcast. I ran to it today. And it was such a gift to me. Very real. Good work. So thank you, guys. Oh, that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. My friend, I had one on Instagram from my friend, Mariana, that said, I listened yesterday and it's awesome. What a wonderful group of women. I can't wait to listen and learn and laugh some more. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she laughed. That makes I know. <laughs> I, we don't know if she's laughing at us or with us. <laughs> we'll I think it either way. Probably both. Yeah. Either way is fun. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's such an encouragement. We hope it's an encouragement to you as well. If you are listening on your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch, which our tracking says that you are, so most of you are listening on that, so go ahead, open the iTunes Store or App Store app. If you're not signed in, go ahead and sign in with your Apple ID, then find the item Upside Down Podcast, not the Upside Down Podcast. Remember, that's a Stranger Things podcast, but go ahead and find Upside Down Podcast tap reviews then under itunes customer reviews or app store customer reviews tap write a review go ahead and write what you think and do the star rating and that's it so we hope that you do enjoy it and if you do go ahead and let us know we'd love to hear from you guys
Yeah. What exactly and is the benefit of the review? Is it just to encourage us? Is there is there more? When you when you review, more people will see us. So the more gotcha. the more we review, the higher our star rating is. The the more that other people might find out about Upside Down Podcast. Cool. So we're gonna dive into a somewhat difficult topic, although it's not crazy difficult, but I think it could be highly emotional and just a lot of thoughts and opinions. And before we do that, I'm not going to give a disclaimer. In the writing world, you give a disclaimer when your words aren't powerful enough to stand on their own. So this is not a disclaimer. (laughs) It's just an acknowledgement, you know, that we've said we want to dive into hard topics. And that's not just for the sake of being controversial. None of us really enjoy getting hate mail. But it's because we think these topics are important. And we know not everyone's going to agree with everything that we say. And we don't even agree with each other on every topic. But we do believe it's important to dialogue about things like safety and fear and blessings and race and how we spend our money, because these are important topics to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to start off by acknowledging the conversation that we're going to have about safety and fear. It's a fairly privileged conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it's really kind of geared for those of us who have some privilege that we're trying to shed, or maybe we have some privilege and we're trying to figure out how do we use it responsibly. And I gave my example earlier of, you know, my family left Miami because we could and people around us maybe couldn't. And so that's a tension that I feel often. And so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there before we even got started. If you're listening to this and you're thinking that you maybe don't resonate because safety isn't something that comes to you naturally, then we acknowledge that and that we want there to be a space for you here. And so I just wanted to say that up front. This is a topic that's pretty near and dear to my heart because of our family's process of moving into the inner city. And when we started kind of preparing for that about four years ago, the question that we got asked more than any other question was, is it safe? Mm. My answer has really evolved in the last four years. And so what I would say in the beginning, you know, four years ago is, Kind of, I wouldn't really answer the question because statistically where we live is not safe, but I wasn't ready to say that. And so I would kind of make, you know, kind of the snide, like, well, the safest place to be is the center of God's will, which is true. (laughs) I've used that one. Yeah, (laughs) True. It looks nice on a coffee mug, but it doesn't fully explore what God thinks about our safety or what the Bible says about safety. And so my answer over time evolved and I started saying things like targeted violence, which I've now come to realize that bullets don't have GPS systems. So there's really no such thing as targeted violence. But in the beginning, mm. I tried to kind of downplay the violence because, I, again, I just wasn't ready to answer the question honestly. And I, I still was figuring out what it meant for me and my family. And so since moving into our neighborhood and where we live, my answer has evolved really into just no, <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> Right. Um, but Jesus is here and that's enough. And it, I've gotten to that place because we've, we've lived there and it's had, he's had to be enough, you know, kind of that idea of when everything else falls and gets stripped away. So Jesus is still, he's here and it's enough for him to be here. That doesn't mean it's not hard. It is hard, but to be honest, there's really nowhere else that we'd rather be. So that's why this topic kind of floated to the top for me in terms of priority and something that I wanted to talk about and discuss with you ladies. Mm -hmm. So I just want to start with the Bible 
And what does the Bible have to say about safety? And how does it, you know, how does it compare with that that kind of cliche saying of, well, the center of God's will is the safest place to be. And what does that really mean for our physical safety when we look mm. at the word? Mm. You guys have thoughts? I think for me, when I first think about safety, I think Jesus is constantly telling his disciples to take up their cross and deny themselves and follow him. Mm-hmm. And just the word cross is indicative that it's it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. It's going to be absolutely painful and hard and a struggle and heavy. And I think as Christians, we, we often forget that following Jesus is not easy. Mm-hmm. And we, we begin to think if it's easy, if things are going well and things are going great, then, then we are in that center of God's will. And in that center of God's will, it, it appears safe to us because all things are good. I, I think there's just so many times, so many times in the Gospels that we are just in the Bible that we hear, fear not. I know that at one part he says, fear not, little sheep. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I don't know. I just, there's, there's so many fear nots that I feel like, well, if we were supposed to be living in a way where we had no reason to fear anything, why would he need to say that so many times? You know, right. mm-hmm. that's a really um, good point, Shannon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I, I know that for myself one time I, I used kind of flippantly when I was in college and I was taking an overseas mission trip and I used that verse that, and it's, it's alluding what the exact passage is, but it says, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. And I used it in a really naive kind of flippant way. And the person I was talking to kind of cut me down really quick and was like, well, terrorists could be against you. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, there's, I feel like I've kind of been all over the map as far as like how seriously I've taken that. But I do see, I do see this pattern in scripture that tells us Jesus is assuming that to follow him means to live in a, in a way that it's necessary for him to tell us not to fear. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Going off of what you said, Shannon, that we have the spirit and God gives us a spirit not to make us timid, but to give us power and to give us love and self-discipline. And we don't have to live in fear. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. we can go somewhere that our culture might see and might be scary or a place that you would want to be leaving instead of actively and intentionally going into because Jesus is there, as Lindsay was saying. And yeah, it is hard, but Jesus is there. And we see that in scripture. You know, Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm giving you something even better. I'm giving you my spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was Lindsay that, that used this phrase earlier this week. But that verse, Lori, that you referenced, that take up your cross and follow me. I think, Lindsay, you said, take up your instrument of torture and follow me. And mm-hmm. there's just no getting around he didn't, I think the thing that I sometimes get stuck at is that I automatically go into like an emotional or spiritual place. And when I'm thinking about that and think like, oh, this spiritual instrument of torture or this even mm-hmm. emotional instrument mm-hmm. of torture, yeah. but there is a realness to the physical side of this. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I think back on, when I think through the Bible and, you know, the whole story of God's people uh, there aren't a whole lot of examples that I can think of where God's people were extremely physically safe. They were protected. Right. Mm-hmm. 
but they weren't necessarily promised physical safety. And, and then even like all the way back from the beginning, I think it's safe to say that if our physical safety was God's primary concern, or even, you know, maybe even high up on the list, he, we, we would not have left the garden. Does that make sense? That, I feel yeah. like that's kind of a big thing to say. But And I think when he, sent, when he sent Adam and Eve out, he did that with such graciousness in giving them clothes and sending them out with hope. There was hope and a promise in that. But the garden was really physically safe. And everywhere else is not. And that is, mm-hmm. that's what we're living in now. I think the promise of eternity is that we will return to that kind of safety. Mm-hmm. But we are in an in-between where that's not promised to us. That's right. Yeah. And so our culture kind of tells us, though, that it is or it should be, right? Yeah. I mean, we have homeowner's insurance and car insurance and health insurance and big gates in front of our house and all of these things that are meant to keep us safe, but they really just provide this false sense of safety. And there's a, I mean, there's a real spiritual danger in that. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point, Lindsay. I think anytime we're thinking about that sort of safety, where we are kind of creating barriers to keep the scary things out, we have to think about what we're risking as well. So like, what are we risking when we have a false sense of safety like that? Okay, guys, something that this conversation is just bringing up, and I feel like I don't want to be isolating, but I feel like it's something that, I don't know, maybe we could dive into because we have committed to the hard, but something a lot of people tell me is, well, I have a lot of guns in my home because I need to keep my family safe and I will do whatever Mm -hmm. I need to do to keep them safe, Mm -hmm. even if that is harming or ending another life. And it's right. like, oh man, because <laughs> like I get it. Oh, wow. I love, yeah. I love my kids, and I want to keep them safe with all of my heart, you know. But mm-hmm. when we look in the scripture, that gets kind of that's rough. Yeah, right? blessed are the peacemakers doesn't exactly lend itself to mm-hmm. that type of reality. Right. And I think right now we live in a climate in America where there is a lot of fear mm. that is projected from everywhere, and I find mm-hmm. it in in my own small town. Uh, and it's kind of subtle, um, but it's either you know subconscious or or we're consciously trying to collectively convince ourselves, and I'm, when I say ourselves, I'm talking to the church mm. that that fear or a healthy fear of certain things is God's way of protecting us and keeping us safe, so that mm. we can push the gospel forward in the lives of our own children. And I think there is some there is some power in a collective group deciding, okay, so. These 10 things are, we're going to all be afraid of these things. And we're going to, you know, continually tell one another that these are unsafe things. That neighborhood's unsafe. That street, those people, those schools are not safe. They're not, you know, God-sanctioned or God-ordained. And that's not right for my family. And I think when we do that, they we create for ourselves a comfortable little cocoon that says, if all of us believe that these things are unsafe, then surely God has, God has enlightened all of us to that. And so as a collective group, we're going to decide that that's not okay. And there is, like, there's safety in numbers. You know, there's, you assume everyone's thinking right and has great theology. And, you know, this is God's blessing. Look how many of us are able to do all of these things and protect our family so that we can push the gospel forward in this generation through our kids. And I think it's, it's just a subconscious thing. It's subtle that we would have a conversation to try to get someone to kind of conform to be safe. So how do you guys make those decisions 
for your family? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you decide when you when it's responsible to prioritize safety and when it's when you're kind of idolizing it or taking advantage of the privilege of safety? Mm-hmm. That's, That's a great question, Christine. Mm-hmm. I know for me, this is Shannon speaking. <laughs> I know for us, it's something that we've really, we've really wrestled with because before we were married, my husband and I both chose to live in, you know, inner city neighborhoods, places that I didn't feel necessarily, you know, terrified to live in or anything, but definitely had some crime, some violence, you know, things like that, and and definitely raised some eyebrows from people, and so then you know, through through our married life, we've kind of lived in a variety of different places, but our heart has always really been to to be with the broken and it's hard or the the most broken. We're all broken, but but the marginalized. So it's hard to be with people if you're not actually near them ever. You know, mm-hmm. so so you're living where you live is is a really easy way to, to build relationships. It's, it's the most natural way to build relationships. Anyway, so so it's always been something that we really valued. But then after the adoption of, of Alyosha several years ago, yeah, we've done different things since then. And one of those things has been having a home with a lot of people in and out, which might come up later. And, and that was a really great experience. But but as we are looking to make this move last year here to Iowa, we were really, you know, kind of going into it, assuming that we were looking for somewhere, again, more somewhere that could use some light. Let's put it that way. But the more we talked about it, the more we really realized that we weren't considering Alyosha's needs at all. And, you know, without going into a lot of detail here, he really struggles. He has a lot of challenges that he faces every day and he does an amazing job facing them, but we don't want to make life harder for him than it already is. Mm -hmm. And so we just felt it was actually, I remember the conversation, we were both in the car and it was like the Holy Spirit just showed us both at the same moment. And we just Mm. kind of looked at each other and we were like, that's not what he needs. But we ended up finding a place that's great. It's really safe. And and we feel really, we feel like it's a really nice kind of merge of different classes. So it's kind of a unique neighborhood, but it's very, it's very safe. And it's somewhere that, that meets the needs of that he has right now. And that might change in the future. And I think it's really important for us to constantly be discerning that so I, and I know Lindsay and some of her kids, Lindsay and I have talked about it and some of her kids have similar backgrounds and they came to a different conclusion for themselves in this season of life. And mm-hmm. Lindsay was just saying, it's so important that we trust the Holy Spirit to speak to each individual and to each mm. family, because he will do different things in different circumstances and different people and different families and different cities. So there just can't be room for judgment. I think it's important to educate. And I think this conversation is so important to, to have with one another as Christians. But I think at the same time, it's equally as important to, you know, avoid the judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, when I often share our story, I try to be really careful to just say that it's our story, but it's not prescriptive, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think everyone should move into an at-risk neighborhood and I don't want to inflict guilt over where people might have chosen to live, you know, not at all. And I do think it comes down to just trusting, like, do I trust the Holy Spirit to be working in someone else's life? And if I do, 
then there's no room for judgment, you know, either direction. And I think that's really important to keep in mind Mm -hmm. that God's going to lead each of us to different places for different reasons and for different periods of time. And we, Mm -hmm. and it's, we need to be open and obedient to that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it can be hard to shift gears, especially when you kind of have been in one place or in one home for a long time. I think stopping and and like reassessing things is not really something we're used to. We're used to putting it on autopilot and just assuming, well, if it was Mm. good five years ago, then it's still good right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about some scripture that's been helpful just in identifying what the Bible has to say about safety, but where have you guys seen mis- scripture misused as an argument for safety? Have you seen, have you, any of you run into that? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think anytime anyone is taking one little piece of scripture, one passage, a phrase, and using it mm-hmm. for whatever their argument is, we mm-hmm. really need to have a flag go up and say, okay, what is the context? You know, who is speaking? Mm-hmm. Who is he speaking to? What is going on? You know, because there's so we can have scripture say whatever we want it to say, you know. And so I've, right. I've seen it a lot. Is there anything specific that pops into your guys' mind when it comes to safety? I haven't had one single verse thrown at me, but just kind of the whole entire Bible encapsulated into this idea that <laughs> the, the chief end of my life is to um rear my kids and send them out into the world, you know, as adults. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and that encapsulates everything where, where they're reared, you know, I mean, everything, if mm-hmm. I am to keep my kids safe and secure and launch them as missionaries into the world when they're in college, yeah. then everything I'm going to do beginning to end is going to affect how I keep them safe. Yeah. And it's interesting, Lori, that you say that because definitely people's biggest concern wasn't necessarily William and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it yeah. was, it was, wait a minute you're moving into this neighborhood with five little kids. Like, why didn't you do that when you were single? Or why don't you do that when they're gone? Why are you doing that now? Yeah. And so actually a really interesting passage of scripture that kind of, I mean, I don't want to do what Kayla just said and pull one one piece, but Numbers 14.3 talks about um, where the Israelites were kind of like ticked off that Moses and Aaron were telling them to go into the promised land. And they had just come back and seen like giants and, you know, that whole mm-hmm. story. And they start complaining to God and they actually complain, what are you doing sending us into this land? They're going to kill our wives and our children. And so they use their families mm-hmm. as an excuse to not mm-hmm. obey yes. God's command. And then they never see the promised land. That generation dies and they don't get to see it because they had a lot of excuses, but that was one. And that's a verse that has been helpful to me <laughs> just in seeing that no, God really did intend to send whole families, you know, and I think he still does today, but it's definitely raises a red flag with other people when you choose to do something that they might view as risky or unsafe mm-hmm. and it involves your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll just kind of speak into this because my kids are getting older and the oldest is 15. And when the kids were younger, we moved here five years ago. It was much easier to kind of cloak or kind of hide, you know, mm-hmm behavior that I thought people would say was coming from my neighborhood or it's coming Mm -hmm. from the public school. But as my kids are now getting older, I'm finding this fear of, did we mess up? Were they really Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Were they, 
Should we have not put them into public school? Should we have not moved here? Should mm-hmm. we have been more careful? And I, that is really, I am really having to lean into the Lord for him to just reassure me and remind me that he has called our whole family to this. Mm-hmm. And, right. and my, what my kids are walking through in this life is going to prepare them for something. And are they going to maybe mess up or get hurt along the way? Yes, they are, because they're human beings. Mm-hmm. And I can't I can't dictate that. And it's not my job as their parent to keep them away from the good that God has for them in this. Mm-hmm. And I think when we when we create such an environment of safety for our families, we deny ourselves the goodness and the sovereignty of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think we deny mm-hmm. ourselves the opportunity to get to, to be near him in the hard and in the unsafe and mm. in all of those things. And I think mm-hmm. it, we, we just really rob ourselves of what God is doing in our place because we're so afraid. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is not easy, y'all. I mean, I've got yeah. five more kids coming behind me and there is a constant level or this, this feeling of I'm, I'm fearful for them. Are they making mm-hmm. right choices? And I can't control it unless we move. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that would be disobedient. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. But even then, even then you can't control it. You know, I mean, I lived in a, I went to a, I mean, it was a public school, but it was, you know, pretty affluent. And I lived in a really safe neighborhood and I still rebelled and I gave my parents hell. (laughs) I mean, that was Shannon speaking. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'll slip it in every once in a while, but yeah, no, it's, We want this illusion of control over our children. We think that if we can keep them safe, then that means we can control everything. But that's a lie. And then it comes down to trust. And are we we trusting or... Are we taking Mm -hmm. into our own hands? It kind of, you know how, um, Lindsay, you love to fly, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know how anytime someone who is terrified of flying is getting ready to fly, people are like, oh, you're way more likely to die in a car accident than you are in a plane crash. And like, when you look at it, I mean, we drive in cars all the time, and we may get in really bad accidents, we may not that we were comfortable with that level of like, we I think we have a false sense of security when we're in the car. But when we look at an airplane, we're like, well, if that thing goes down, it's over. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's just one of those examples in our everyday life where we look at car and we say, okay, cool, safe, we look at plane and say not safe when the reality is actually the opposite. And I think, you know, as I think through my experience, I I grew up in in a lot of safety, kind of like it sounds like several of you did. I think one of the things that I've prayed about is that God would reveal my blind spots in my assessment of what is safe and what is not in, you know, the situations that I will take my kids into in order to share the gospel, you know, or in the places that I'm willing to put myself in, you know, I think it it is okay, self-preservation to an extent, like it's okay for us to, you know, to be aware. But I know that my, if I'm going to fall on one side or the other, I'm going to fall on the side of idolizing safety and not being able to even see my blind spots there. So that's one of the things that as I'm trying to think through this, I've been praying about. Yeah, that's really good. Some of us have grown grown up or still do live in what our culture would describe as a very safe community, right? Shannon, mm-hmm. you mentioned that that was kind of your upbringing. That was also my upbringing. I kind of had mo- mostly very, very safe. And now 
my husband is a pastor in small town Iowa in a very kind of isolated community a little bit and just very proud of their safety. A lot of people grow up here, leave, and then come back to have a family. And the number one thing they say is it's so safe. And Mm -hmm. I'm a little concerned, you know, in in my own heart, you know, I don't want to be just like projecting out this judgment, but I'm a little concerned that our tendency just as humans is to start to idolize safety and start to say, well, God gave us this safety or the safety is so important and it becomes this thing that, that has to be. And the thing that has to be isn't Jesus. The thing that has to be is safety. Yeah. Mm. I think for us, one of the things that I've learned when you talk about idolizing safety, what comes to mind for me is being in control of our safety. And we talked about that a little bit earlier, but I've just come to realize that we really have to trust the Lord to keep us safe, right? And it's not the gated community. It's not the security system. It's not the guns in your closet. It's the Lord. And so when you begin to shed some of those things, kind of like I talked about earlier, you really, you, you're really faced with a choice. Like, am I trusting the Lord to keep me safe? Or am I going to try to trust myself and protect myself? So that's what comes to mind for me when I think about idolizing safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you guys say to the listeners who are, are listening right now and they're saying, so you're telling me that in order to be part of the upside down kingdom, I have to move <laughs> somewhere on <laughs> what, what, I mean, what do you, how do you respond to something like that? Specifically, I'm thinking Lori and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I would have to say, yes, you have to move here. I would say all people should live in the city. But I think for me, I think being a part of the upside down kingdom is all about releasing control. And mm. I think we have to, we in our desire to be safe and secure and, and free from all the discomforts of fear. We have to release control of that and follow Jesus where Jesus is. And Jesus is not in safe places. <laughs> he is standing in with the marginalized. He is standing in the dark. And, and that's where we're called to be. We're mm-hmm. called to be the light in the dark. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. Would you and say? I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lindsay. No, I was just going to say, I would add to that, that God delights in small beginnings. And so our journey to where we live now is really a 10 year long journey. I mean, it it wasn't an overnight, you know, one day we up and moved into the hood. Like that's not how, I mean, maybe some people do that. I don't know. It doesn't sound wise, but that's not typically how God works. You know, he delights in small beginnings. And so I usually just try to encourage people to just say yes to the one thing that's in front of them, you know, and it goes back to that question of like, who are you trusting? And so if, and, and you know, if you're listening and God's asking you to do something, you know, if you're stalling or not, you know, and you yeah. know, if you're trusting him or if you're trusting yourself and you're trying to control your own safety. And so I just think it comes down to saying yes to that one thing. And you might say yes to that one thing and it leads to another thing. And it leads to another, you know, and I mean, and it might take 10 years to get to where you think God is eventually leading you. Or I really do think it's just saying yes to the one thing in front of you and doing that what feels like a really brave thing, probably just doing it scared, you know, with your yeah. teeth chattering and your knees knocking and, and just doing it scared. Because I don't think like Shannon said earlier, you know, this idea of how Jesus said over and over and God said over and over and fear not, fear not, fear not. Well, that's because people are in fearful positions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, he doesn't, he's reminding us of it, but I, I really don't think he's saying you're doing it wrong if you're scared. I don't think right. that's yeah. what. Mm-hmm. And I think 
scripture. I, go, I think he's always telling us to not be afraid because he knows fear is a tool of the enemy. And mm. if the enemy can get us to be really fearful of anything, it will shut us down. And I think we have to be keenly aware of that. And I I think one other thing to add to what Lindsay said is I would, I would get really alone with the Lord and stop listening to what everyone else is telling Mm -hmm. me. Get off of social media. Isn't Um, that good advice for everything? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like turn off like whatever news station that you're watching Mm. and stop talking to people about the state of the world and talk to the Lord about it. And he's going to tell you, don't be afraid. Like it's, it's like I'm actively working everywhere and you can't see me because you're so afraid and he wants to he's inviting us into beautiful things and into beautiful people's lives that we can't we don't we can't see it yet and so i would encourage you just to begin to pray that lord would give you eyes to see what he wants you to see ears to hear the people around you and then like a heart to to move towards the groanings that are in the world and i think if we could just listen to god he would just <laughs> And not everybody else. We could do mighty things in his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. I, I have a what? question. So what would you say? I'm, I'm trying to anticipate, you know, questions that may come up in people as they're thinking through this, working through it. So what would you say to someone who says, I feel like maybe you're idolizing risk or dangerous mm. living? Mm-hmm. Mm. I would I was, invite them to come stay at my house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean it's hard, and I, I, mm. we love where we live. We have, we are surrounded by beautiful people, mm-hmm. but it is hard. And I think anyone who would suggest that has probably spent zero to no time in the inner city, mm-hmm. actually living there and walking there, and you know, doing life there because it's a very a, it's a humble place to be and to experience, you know, as firsthand as I can get as a white woman, the injustice and oppression and generational just poverty mm-hmm. and other people's sin that my neighbors experience on a on a really regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I, I would do, have go ahead. Go ahead. No, Shana. it's okay. Well, I was gonna say I do think it's fair to acknowledge that some people naturally have more of a thirst for adventure than other people. People have different personalities and it's easy to look at someone and think, well, this isn't hard for them because it's not hard for Lindsay because she has tattoos and she has piercings. So obviously <laughs> she's somebody who likes a thrill. You know, I mean, it's easy to, to jump to those conclusions about each other. But like what she's, if you're listening to the person, she's saying that it is hard. What she's doing is hard. And so some of us might might naturally have I mean I know last episode Lori and I were joking where like I've kind of always been drawn to like adventure and kind of subversive Christianity and Lori was like well I have never been drawn to that you know but here (laughs) I am and I feel like the point is just when we open up our hearts to the Lord then Mm -hmm. then he can take take whatever our personality is and he can still do unexpected things with it well I was gonna say that I honestly I feel like following Jesus is a risk like all, mm-hmm. like all of, all of following Jesus is a risk. Yeah, the risk is not the idol. To follow Jesus is to be risky. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way around that. Good. And so, right. Bob Goff probably has said it like in five words, and it's going to take me thirty-five words to say what he can say in five. But, <laughs> but we um, love I listening think, to you. So, <laughs> but I think, I think Jesus is constantly saying, "This is fun." 
Like it is mm-hmm. hard and it is yes. going to be scary, but it is like the best freaking adventure of your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking you to trust in the goodness that I am mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and go with me mm-hmm. and take a risk. Right. So and, and to the I person would, who says we idolize it, I'm going to tell you today, I might idolize risk. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is fun. Mm-hmm. And I think something too is like, we're not, we don't do these things. We don't step in to stand alongside the suffering. We don't say, okay, we're going to shed safety for the sake of the gospel and the sake of the kingdom. We don't do that because we are trying to like gain God's approval. You know, we, right. we not are not working toward, you know, a higher place in the kingdom because the king, the upside down kingdom is flat. You know, we're all we're all Mm. together in this and we can't make ourselves be better, you know? And so I don't want anyone to hear this and think that this is a works based faith or anything. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we are all recipients of God's amazing grace and that, that is, that's our why. That's why we do this. Yeah. That's what propels us forward in these things. Okay. I have one, I have one more question. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So for people kind of on the other side who are listening and saying, This, like my heart is leaping when I hear you talk about this and I feel like I have so far to go, but I want to be moving toward living a life that holds safety in an appropriate place in my life. What are some resources that have been helpful for you guys along the way? Like as you, you know, in the 10 years ago place or the mm-hmm. five years ago place or the yesterday, <laughs> where, where mm-hmm. would you, I mean, actually I think, uh, well, everybody's blogs are actually kind of working through some of this, but like, are there books or websites or those kinds of things that you think people would? So we're doing this book giveaway, Christy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, on Instagram, we're giving away five books that we that we each selected one and combined them, and we're going to give them away to one winner. But I think if someone just wanted to check that that post out on our Instagram, those books are an amazing starting point. I think we all chose them because they are, they are exactly that. They are starting point. Yeah, for sure. And I think besides just a a resource, I think, you know, we forget that God has placed each of us in different locations and that he's gifted that location with all it needs to push the kingdom. I mean, to push the gospel forward there. So there are likely other people that are living around you or sitting on your church pew or live across the street from you that are having the same feeling of, I'm scared, but I'm willing to to take a leap of faith. I'm, I would ask you to just pray that the Lord would just send someone in your, in your local neighborhood or in your local community that will pray with you and walk with you. I think for me, the biggest asset to my life was finding other like-minded people who I could be honest with and say, mm-hmm. this is where I feel the Holy Spirit moving and I, have, I, have I just lost my mind? And, and have that, con- that piece of conversation, because you can read a whole lot of books but until you have a face-to-face conversation or a you know a mm-hmm. Skype conversation with another human being doing what you feel like God's asking you to do, it just seems like untangible. If that makes any sense, and I think you know we need each other to to not just yeah. prop each other up and, and to encourage, but to lift our arms up. You know, we need people mm-hmm, to sure. pull our arms up and say, "Hey, I've been here. You know, three years ago, that's where I was, and I'm going mm-hmm. to encourage you and walk with you through this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think just for me, like. <laughs> Shannon was a little bit right. I've always been a a bit of a rebel, but I wasn't always a believer. And so when I became a believer, it was kind of like, then I was a rebel with a cause, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think for me, just like looking at scripture and seeing Jesus said, pick up your instrument of torture and follow me. Mm -hmm. Like 
that is serious, you know, mm-hmm. and like, oh gosh, all of it, the woman at the well and Rahab and a prostitute being in the lineage of Jesus and like just mm-hmm. all of these things, like if you can read through scripture with fresh, like if you're in that place, that really tender place of like, God, I want to follow you. I want to know, but I have no idea what it looks like. You're reading scripture with fresh eyes and the spirit is going to reveal things to you that you didn't see before. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, I would echo like, definitely there are great books out there. We've mentioned a couple of them. And you'll probably put maybe them in the show notes. Yeah. And And we can definitely include a list of resources in the show notes. And I also agree with what Lori said, like having real people in front of you to do things that might seem a little risky and crazy. That's really helpful. But I do think like if you're reading the scripture and you really want to see, you know, what your next step would be, Isaiah 58 is actually a really great passage that talks about crying out to the Lord, like, why have we fasted and you haven't seen it? And God's response is, your fast is not the fast that I choose. The fast that I choose is to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the oak, let the oppressed go free, you know, share your bread, let the homeless pour into your house. And he goes on to say, like, I will be your guard. If you're doing these things, I will have your back, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you will call out to me and I will answer, here I am, and I will show you the way to go. And I just think that's such a incredible promise. And like Lori was saying, like following Christ is risky and he is inviting us into it. And it's not just for the sake of risk. It's for the, you know, getting to that place where, you know, like I can say in my neighborhood, like it is really hard, but the Lord is here. And so I just think looking at scripture with fresh eyes, like it's in there, you guys, it's in there and he's going to yeah. lead you and he's, mm-hmm. he's not going to leave you. He's going to tell you, this is where I want you to go. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay, I think, you know, he is, he is always with us, but bad things, you know, do happen. Exactly. And, I, and I know that you like a show, a quote by Shane Claiborne that kind of <laughs> alludes to that. I do. I'll read it. It's a little intense. Yeah. So this is just, uh, you know, you get to know a little bit more of my personality. I really <laughs> love this book. So it's Shane Claiborne. To live is Christ. To die is gain. If we die, so what? We believe in resurrection. We'll dance on injustice till they kill us. Then we'll dance on streets of gold. Many Christians live in such fear that it is as if they don't really, I mean, really believe in resurrection. Mm. I love that to chew on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's Mm -hmm. a lot to chew on, but it's good Mm -hmm. stuff. There's another quote that I was thinking about that I think probably there are some people who are listening and thinking, oh, they have to use this quote because I feel like it's like every other sermon. But I feel like it really captures that upside downness. And it's from the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the one that says it's Mr. Beaver and Susan talking. And it says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And I love that. I think that flips it upside down, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for chatting about this with me. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, You know what? I just have one thing that I feel like on my heart to say, and I know that say this it, is fun longer than what. Okay. No, say it. Go, Shannon, just, go. You know, we're talking about living in at-risk neighborhoods or, or foster care or different things, and we, we're, you know, talking about safety, and it's easy to lose sight of 
the fact that there are people, <laughs> you know, th- these are real human beings. It's not, yeah. it's not a quote mm-hmm. at risk neighborhood. It's right. a place. It's a street filled with, with people who God loves and, and who embody a part of God. Like they bear the image of God, you know, mm-hmm. and because of the incarnation, they are a part of us. We are a part of him. We are each a part of each other. And I just don't want to lose sight of that in all of this, this wonderful, rich conversation that we've had. And I've enjoyed so much, but it just hit me at the end of like, when someone walks away from this episode, I want them to be thinking, Mm -hmm. I I want to take a risk in loving Mm -hmm. somebody that I would be a little scared of, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're a, they're a person made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is such a good word. Amen. Shannon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we're going to wrap it up with something a little bit more lighthearted <laughs> and we're yeah, totally switching gears here, but I would love to know what is your all's guilty music pleasure? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think we should have a dance party now. Let's <laughs> end this with a dance party, guys. <laughs> there you go. Who wants to go first? Nobody wants to. Well, I'll to. go first again. I'll go first because I'm just shameless over here. This is Lori, obviously, um, with the draw. <laughs> but I, my shameless music pleasure is Homeboy Country. And if you do not know what Homeboy oh. Country is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really love Florida Georgia Line. No, uh, that's that's quite embarrassing. That's, I don't what know is that? that is. Is. I've never, I don't know I don't these know words that you're speaking. <laughs> are, you, are you serious? I'm so no, serious. Girl, no, nobody knows. Oh, oh, it's um, oh, that's it? terrible. It's a band. The Two band guys. is called Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Are y'all serious? You don't <laughs> have any idea. Uh, Dead serious. No clue. Oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> well. Now we have something I, to listen to. Maybe we can put it on the blog. <laughs> I don't know that I would recommend listening to it. <laughs> you should. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm not a country girl, but I'm not telling you to not listen to it. So I would say this is actually not something I feel guilty about, but it is something that makes me laugh. This is the second episode in a row that I've talked about Justin Timberlake, you guys. <laughs> it's like our what, where's Waldo? Like where's JT him. in the podcast? He's always right. Be when somewhere. does Christy mention him? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, there's actually a documentary about him coming out on Netflix over Thanksgiving, and I'm very excited to watch it. But anyway, I my kids when they when they ask me to play a song, or when I say, "Hey guys, I have a song to play," I have, I for the last month and a half have been playing "Can't Stop the Feeling" by Justin Timberlake, and it's to the point where they roll their eyes and they're like, "Again," and then they start dancing with me. So that's my not so guilty pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, mine's kind of similar. Mine's Taylor Swift. I feel like I want to be too yes. too cool and too like emo. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. <laughs> no, but not a thing. <laughs> oh wait, too cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to turn on Brandy Carlile, but but honestly, I really like Taylor Swift. We and love my sister is going to be like woohooing when she hears this because I don't <laughs> nice. think I've ever admitted it out loud before oh. until now. Hilarious. I got to erase mine. I'm really sorry. I have to switch mine. I know I'm talking too much, but I had this experience last month where someone mentioned Dashboard Confessional. Speaking of email, it was like for the next 24 hours, anywhere I drove, I was like, sleep with all the lights on. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so 
like weeping and laughing hysterically and and then it was done. So that's that and then it was guilt- this actually ties pleasure. in super well to my guilty pleasure is like my husband and I started dating when I was in high school and so we loved that like that emo music and that like kind of pop oh my punk. Gosh. And I yes. seriously just a month I think it was a month ago I made a Spotify playlist of like all of those bands and like Taking Back Sunday. I saw them play live and I was like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> I love them so much and the the lighter like all American rejects. We saw them live and just like all of those <laughs> music. I and I still know all the words to like all oh, of yeah. those songs. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. <laughs> like I can't <laughs> I have a hard time memorizing you know like scripture but I can memorize all of these obscure right? me too songs, me so. too Kayla <laughs> can yeah, you Lindsay, did you have link, share a link in the show notes <laughs> yes to all, this, to all this wonderful music mm-hmm. Lindsay should, what was yours we should make a Spotify yeah. playlist of all of our obnoxious oh music. that would be oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mine is Beyonce <laughs> nice and that's a really good choice you don't have to be guilty about that mm-hmm. I, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of flesh and cuss mm-hmm. words. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when my kids aren't around, you know, which is not very often, <laughs> I do. <laughs> or sometimes if I just need to put in some earbuds, yeah, I would listen to Beyonce. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can check the show notes on our blog to get links to all of this wonderful music that we've been talking about. <laughs> woo, woo. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and other resources and just some more info about this particular episode. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Upside Down Podcast. And don't forget, if you are liking what you hear, to rate and review us on iTunes. And that way more people can become a part of this crazy tribe of people. Right. And our website is www.upsidedownpodcast.com. So, can you guys hear the dog barking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. None of the doors in this house shut. I'm not sure why. Yay. All right. Yay. Yay. Hit stop and pray that everything works.